Hi, my name's Portia. My dad's getting a Tesla soon. I'm so excited. Welcome to the NZ All That's Tesla podcast. Thank you, Portia, for answering our call for some new voices to introduce our podcast. We hope that you are coping well in your lockdown and in your bubble at home with your family. Today, the areas outside of Auckland moved into a New Zealand COVID Alert Level 3. It's not terribly different from our country's Alert Level 4, which Auckland remain in, but infamously includes the ability to undertake a contactless collection of takeaway food and drinks. We are all stuck at home in our bubbles. So here we are releasing a special episode outside of our usual weekly schedule just to keep you company. To start with, we had Sean Higgs and Mark Buckingham call in and tell us what they've been up to since the lockdown began. Hi, I'm Sean Higgs. Uh, shout out to my family at the New Zealand EV Ship Posters. Uh, I'm based in the North Island of New Zealand. I drive a white P90D Model S. Uh, the fun I've been having over lockdown is making bad memes for the New Zealand EV Ship Posters Facebook group. The best laughs I've had was a recent meme that I made about a new member of the Tesla family who's ordered a Model 3 and has no idea how the world works, or supply and demand for that matter. Uh, I would love to drive to a lockdown protest in my Model S because I had a lot of fun observing the recent groundswell protests from my EV as well. Uh, if you're someone who hasn't got thick skin, I really don't suggest you check out the New Zealand EV Shitposters Facebook group. Thank you. Hi, my name's Mark Buckingham, and I'm at Bailey's Beach on Northland's west coast. It's about 20 minutes west of Dargaville. I'm waiting for my Model 3 to arrive, and um, at the moment I've sold my Kona, so I'm driving an old 2013 56% state of health leaf which is uh, fairly challenging, um, but a lot of fun. And uh, during lockdown, I've been doing a lot of walks on the beach. Here at Bailey's Beach, we have New Zealand's longest drivable beach, which runs from Monganui Bluff down to the Potu Lighthouse. Takes just over an hour, if you can keep up over 100 k's, down the beach the whole way. Um, so it's a pretty long beach here. Um, if I could drive anywhere at the moment, it would be probably down to Auckland to get some work done. But, uh, yeah, lockdown's treating me okay, and hopefully everyone else is doing well. Thanks a lot. See ya. Next in today's episode, we catch up with New Zealand's newest EV-specific YouTubers, Druve and Mona. They've owned EVs for a while, but collected their long, sought-after Model 3 from Auckland the day before the country was thrown into lockdown. They realised that there are many myths and misconceptions about EVs out there, and Mona and Dhruv are on a mission to fix that. Alright, so I'm here with Dhruv and Mona, and Dhruv and Mona have just started a uh, YouTube channel for New Zealand EV owners, and it's called EV Kiwis, and we're going to get and have a bit of a chat about that later on in the podcast. But um, just to start with, Drew and uh, Mona, just 
give us a little bit about your background, where you live and what you do. Yeah, sure. So we live in Auckland and surprisingly, we actually both of us work at PwC and we're in the data and digital transformation space. So got a bit of IT side to it. Excellent. And what does PwC focus on? So PwC is PricewaterhouseCoopers. Um, it is traditionally an accounting firm, um, but neither of us are actually accountants, so that's a bit of fun. So you basically look after IT and stuff there, do you? So we're both in data and digital transformation side of things. So that's more in terms of analytics, uh, transformation of internal and external client uh, IT side. Um, it's automation of business processes as well. Good on you. All right. Now, I know from the first episode that your Tesla product, you at least own a Model 3. And how, when did you exactly pick that up? All right, so luckily we actually picked, so obviously this has been in the plan to be getting picked up and ordering for a very long time. You're obviously not new in the EV space. We've had an EV, not necessarily a Tesla, for the past two years. Um, and the Tesla has always been our eventuality to get to. And we picked up our Tesla the day lockdown was announced. So that was, we picked it up on Tuesday and on the way back, we heard that we would be going into lockdown at 11.59 that night. So we were very lucky to pick it up that day. It was definitely a close call. You certainly were, because I understand a lot of people who have hit lockdown have not been able to collect a vehicle since. Um, so you mentioned that you've owned EVs or been in the EV space for a couple of years. So just uh, give us a wee background there. Yeah, sure. So we actually started off with getting the first generation Leaf, which was a 2014 model. And that's essentially what started our love for EVs. Um, at that point, that was the car that we could afford um, and that fit in our price range. Um, but the value that it offered at that point was just incredible. And um, the savings essentially built up over the years, which enabled us to get into um, thing that we really wanted, which is our dream car, that getting a Model the, 3. Yeah, and, and finally, it was a debate between waiting for the Model Y or getting the Model 3, as Drew really wanted the Model Y, and I was very partial towards the Model 3 because I like the shape of the 3 better. I know a lot of people have a bit of a controversial debate between the 3 and the Y, but I'm partial to the 3 and Drew was partial to the Y, and guess who won? I guess my birthday won out on that front on uh, on us getting the model three um yeah so so between between us at that point when we started our ev journey with with the first generation leaf um it was good that we started off with that in perspective in terms of we were able to understand the lifestyle change required when you own an ev um and that helped us get from the first generation leaf and then we got the second leaf which was about 20 40 kilowatt leaf which was a 40 kilowatt one that's correct so that's when we actually fully transitioned to having ev cars for each one of us um but previously before that we had the nissan leaf 24 kilowatt and another ice um vehicle um that's the point where we made the call to go fully EV, where we could like, you know, we can live with two EVs in, in our household. Yeah, now we're at a point where I personally feel it's difficult to go back to the ice for me. I find it too noisy going back to an ice. Yes, I was the same when we went to a double EV household as uh, you know, even being given a loan car um, from Nissan when I was getting my car serviced. You know, it was just such a sluggish vehicle, but... Uh, Anyway, so you won't have, obviously you won't have experienced many trips in the uh, Tesla Model 3 because, of course, you know, you drove home and you've been stuck in the garage ever since, I suppose. 
Yeah, it definitely has been. I think we were very lucky. So our first video that we've just put out was the only bit of video we could do traveling wise on the day we picked it up and lucky we got a little bit of it in because after that, the only trip our poor Tesla has made is to go and get a vaccination. Well, congratulations and well done getting this. Yeah, I think our Tesla also enjoyed that trip. <laughs> Absolutely. Were you... Uh... Uh, talked about at the vaccination centre. Did they do anything crazy like saying, hey, can you accelerate away as, uh, away as quickly as you can? Uh, it's lovely having a Tesla here. Can you turn your engine off, please? <laughs> Luckily, we did have a lot more of the experience. I think the only heart-stopping moment I had was we went through a drive through centre and they wrote on the windscreen. And being a brand new car and we haven't had a lot of chance to, you know, enjoy it much. As soon as they started writing on the windscreen, my heart just stopped. And I was like, what are they doing to my car? <laughs> I can understand completely. <laughs> so, well, what sort of trips have you enjoyed in the Leaf then? You know, what sort of long journey trips have you done? Yeah, so we've actually done quite a lot in that. We love traveling, so that's always a good bit of an experience for us. And surprisingly, we've actually done a trip all the way down to Wellington from Auckland. Um, and to be honest, a lot of people think that, you know, doing longer road trips in EVs is a big issue, but we actually didn't find that at all. In fact, um, most of our charging stops were around 20 to 30 minutes, um, not much longer than that. And we actually got to discover a lot more places on the way which we wouldn't typically stop at so that was a plus side to it and um yeah it didn't actually deter any of our plans just because you tend to take a quick break after two or three hours anyway yeah and and we have done from auckland to wellington but vice versa we've also done from auckland to up north towards cape Ryanga as well and we've found such nifty little places the little bars and pubs around the charger that you would normally not stop at um where the car was charging we had a quick little break got a little bit of feed and we were good to go and the car was charged too so yeah, so we haven't had too much of a trouble. I think it's more of you pre-planning a little bit in terms of the route you take. But other than that, I don't think we've had any issues so far. So we're seeing, we, it would be great to see. And I think that's one of the things we'll be looking forward to is comparing that to our road trips in the Tesla, because obviously it's a bit more of a longer range. Yes, I suppose you, the Nissan Leaf, of course, has been renowned for battery overheating problems you know, during lots of fast charging. Did you find that with the 40 kilowatt hour or had they sort of sorted that? Uh, yes, that's correct. So if you do travel in the summertime when the temperatures are a bit high, it does get to a stage where if you've had um, about three or four rapid charges in a quick session and you're actually driving at high speeds on the motorway, it does throttle the charging speeds a bit. Um, but then that's where you sort of think about how you plan your trip. So like for us, um, in one of our trips down to Wellington, we've actually driven twice there. What we did is we actually stopped over at Taupo overnight, which actually works as a perfect halfway point. And um, then that essentially got rid of that issue as well. It also gets rid of driver fatigue in terms of, yes, Auckland to Wellington is a very long drive and most people do sort of slog it out and get it done and dusted. But if you do want to enjoy the things in between and see more of the country, right, then obviously having that stop in the middle, especially if you've got a leaf, does make it beneficial. Um, you, you don't get the driver's fatigue. Your car also cools down, especially in the summer in New Zealand. It does heat up quite quickly. And that's what we found. It was um, a bit of planning required because of that but that's only if you're doing longer trips the amount of times unless you go to Wellington regularly for work 
then you wouldn't have to think about going up and down so often that you have to have a stop every time when you're driving in a leaf. Having an excuse to spend, uh, you know, uh, $100 or two at a hotel with what you've saved in your petrol is uh, always good value too, isn't it? I, yeah, I would say it is. I think what we have found, so we obviously love traveling and we love food. So what we normally find is that everything we're saving from petrol, we end up spending in the economy buying the craziest things around or trying out more different types of food or drinks around the charging stations. So it kind of balances out, except now you've had a bit more of an adventure than you would in a nice yeah. set, I suppose. Which, to be honest, especially during COVID time, is quite important because then you are supporting that local economy, uh, keeping local businesses and stuff running, and you're not spending on fuel where most of it actually goes to overseas markets. Excellent. And have you thought about joining the Leading the Charge trip in October? Yes, absolutely. So that's something we are definitely looking forward to doing. Um, hopefully, Auckland will be out of lockdown by then. So yes. fingers crossed. I'm really looking forward to that. So it's definitely dependent upon where Auckland is at that point in the lockdown. Oh, we'll certainly keep our fingers crossed. I'm uh, hoping that the South Island loop can go ahead uh, without too much difficulty. But we will see because this Delta variant is, uh, is quite a game changer from what I understand. All right. Um, any challenges that you've faced in EV journeys to date? I think the biggest challenge we had was the mind shift change when we first got into EVs. Um, and it was in terms of making sure things were planned a bit more. And um, we and just thinking in terms of, all right, if I'm driving this far, what does that mean in terms of my battery level? And will I, will I have to spend an extra hour to charge it and before I make it back home? So I think it was more of a mind shift change. But I think within the first two months because we spent the first two two and a half months driving locally rather than taking our leaf on the road trips um and then we started to venture out a bit more once we got a bit more comfortable in understanding how the charging plays a part and how much battery um it actually uses and and what air conditioning what the temperature has an effect on i think that was the biggest challenge we had in the yeah. start and um just to add to that what i would feel is a lot of people um only look at saying you know i can't actually travel long distance in, in evs and the thing to realize is how often do you do it um, most of us actually just travel 20 or 30 kilometers a day um, so it's, it's just about weighing those things out and new zealand actually has a pretty good infrastructure from what i can see like even if i if we compare it to what australia has new zealand actually has charges almost every like 100 kilometers at least yes what we have noticed so we haven't had that mindset going oh no i need to get back home to get charging because we know that even if we are a little close to the borderline of of us running out of charge there is a charger around us so it it made life a lot simpler and stress-free because of that well we certainly got some uh no good news for um, people who are wanting to get into EVs, and that's the message that Ica, of course, have been trying to push out, and um, existing owners, of course, because we're all converted. So you've started a YouTube channel, and it's EV Kiwis. Uh, tell us about the goal of the channel. Yes, that's correct. So we're actually on a mission to encourage uptake of electric vehicles and actually to clear out any misconceptions and stuff out there. So what we want to do is, as a community, answer the questions that people will have as they explore 
the transition into EVs. Um, obviously, with the rebates and stuff recently being announced in New Zealand, this topic has got a lot of traction. Um, so there's a lot of people that are wanting to move into the EV lifestyle or consider buying a new vehicle. But they're just not sure where they sit. So what you'll notice in a lot of the cases is obviously Drew's a lot more and has been in, in this mindset for a lot longer than I have. So I obviously don't follow it as closely as Drew does. So you have a different perspective. I usually look at it from a perspective of whether or not it's going to make my life easy and what are what is available out there to make it simple to understand to go through uh, take my car out if I just I don't want to have to think about it 50 times whether or not I can take a car out if I'm driving from here to Hamilton is my car going to do it or not that that's all I want to know right I'm, I don't want to know if it's going to take me 50% of the battery or I need to have 80% I want it simple so and that's what we're aiming to get through with this channel it's it's not just very technical bits obviously it's going to have all of that for a, a, a audience that wants to understand the technical side of things but we're hoping to even translate it into sort of layman terms and that that's where we're hoping that the contrast between me and Drew comes in where I can bring it down to something simple that I would be willing to understand and I'm sure there's so many people out there um, who are like me and want to know just simple quick answers to understand what it is, how it is, how it works, how they can go about doing it and whether or not it actually saves them money or not at the end of the day, right? Um, and when I was looking into it and when we were looking for our first EV, when I tried to Google on how it works for New Zealand roads and New Zealand temperatures, it was so difficult to actually find any content that was very specific to Kiwis. Um, and I think this is where it stemmed. And the, the idea for EV Kiwis has been brewing in our minds for about two years. And, and obviously real life gets in the way um, and then other things got in the way. So and then we eventually got, I think as soon as we picked up the Tesla, I was like, no, you know what? We have to do it. it all the struggle we put in for two years to understand how things go and how to move on and upgrade each of our cars that's something i do want to share with everyone in the community to see that you know what it's it's not that hard a bit of planning goes into it a bit of uh, pre-understanding pre you know pre-planning and information out there you can collate it and that is something we can spread out there and we want to do that so that is i think where this idea stemmed from and that's what we want to do Excellent. So it's a brilliant idea to have the, uh, from my point of view, the programmer and the system analysts working together on a, uh, on a YouTube channel, one sort of uh, giving the technical stuff and one sort of explaining what it means in English. So um, fantastic. I'm really, really chuffed to hear that. Really good. So what sort of plans do you have for upcoming episodes? Is it going to be, you know, I want to take the trailer down to the, um, you know, the uh, to pick up some bags of, um, potting mix and can I do it? So is that the sort of myths you're trying to bust at the same time? No, exactly. We've actually got quite a few things lined up. And um, the thing that we really want to get out there is that because we are a community channel, essentially the inspiration that we get for our videos should be the questions um, that the community wants answered. So we don't necessarily have a prioritization of the order in which videos will be releasing. It's, it's more about what people want to know about. Um, but yes, we do have stuff planned. We do wish to cover how New Zealand road trips work for example how you actually go about things like towing in an ev etc and also just like you know how do i go about planning my trips what are the apps out there um what things that you need to consider when you move into an ev lifestyle so i'm always going to talk about a little bit about how we plan it and what we have <laughs> so obviously we do plan i'm a bit of a planner so i do like having a bit of an organization even though if we don't use it in the order that 
that we want because the community wants something else, right? So it's going to be very community driven as well, just to understand. We don't want to be irrelevant. We want to portray and put out information that's relevant to now, right? So for example, a lot of questions have been going around, how do we do tips and tricks around, you know, if you've been in a lockdown, right? How do we keep the make sure the cars aren't just getting degraded? You know, how, what are the tips and tricks of making sure your Kiwi is in a good, healthy situation, right? So that's one of the videos that we planned that will be coming up soon. Um, we've got things around for, and this is very relevant to us. We've, we've got a video in the works where it's about we picked up a Tesla. Great, we are in a lockdown. What do we do now with the Tesla apart from just staring at it for a while? So we've got a little bit of it coming around, um, around that, right? So, so it, we want it to be very relevant. So these are the sort of things that we will be portraying, and obviously not just Tesla. So we, we, uh, a couple of weeks back, I think, before the lockdown, we did a trip in our leaf down to Rotorua. So we've got a video in the works where we've shown how we planned that trip how we actually what stops we had to make how much what the battery at when we took those stops what we did during those stops right so just on how a, a, a quick day trip kind of worked for us out of auckland and what it costed us so things like that excellent good news so what sort of costs have there been in setting up the channel and i mean i know youtube of course you know provides video hosting free of charge i guess um but you know what sort of costs in the way of equipment and that sort of thing have come your way to set up the channel yeah absolutely um obviously we're quite young channel at this stage so um there were quite a few things that we learn and find out on the way but what i want to clearly put out there is a lot of people don't actually realize how much time and effort goes into preparing for the videos recording it and everything so at this stage, I would say that's probably the biggest cost in terms of setting up the channel. Um, yes, there is equipment involved um, because audio equipment actually surprisingly is more important than your camera quality, which is what a lot of people don't realize. So having a good microphone is essential to all this. So we, we did make sure um, to get things running off the ground is we had the right level of equipment to get that quality experience out the door. Absolutely, I can understand that. That was the advice we got when we started up as well, the importance of a, of a good microphone. You spoke about the length of time um, in preparation for an episode. If you take, you know, the uh, 10 or 15 minute episode, how much time would you expect to spend editing one of those? So, for example, the video that we've just put out, I think we spent about half a day actually videoing um, the, because it was our first one. Luckily, we had a bit of a help from our brothers um, to sort of set it up and get it running. So we spent about half a day recording. Um, that actually isn't surprisingly how long it normally takes. It usually, depending on the episode, can take longer. On the editing side is where the whole fun and a whole lot of time goes. And I think we spent about three days of time, three, four days of just editing, making sure everything looked right. And when I say three, four days, obviously uh, in real life terms, that would have been probably about a week, week and a half because we both do work full time um, just to make sure that the audio was great, the video was great, um, the overlays worked well. In some cases, if things hadn't worked well, you, we may have to go back and reshoot a couple of the things. Obviously in this case, we couldn't. So it did take us a good a week and a half to get everything and get all our ducks in line before we actually um, got to a stage we were satisfied with and ready to publish and then once you get to the publishing point it took us about an hour to actually get our first video published because we had to understand how the YouTube world worked so yeah so a lot of research does go into it a lot of time goes into just making sure everything is correct because we want to make sure that the, the content we're putting out is clear and and useful enough and and it's got the right quality to it as well 
So out of interest, I mean, you know, for some of my studies, I had to do some video editing and I just can't remember what I use. But what, what software do you use for, you know, putting together a whole lot of video clips and sound and chucking it all together? Is it just a standard video editor or have you got something special? Yeah, so we actually use um, Final Cut Pro on a MacBook, which um, is probably the most preferred combination out there at the moment. Um, a lot of people use Adobe Premiere Pro as well, uh, but I've always been comfortable with editing in Final Cut Pro, so that's what we've been using. Okay, fantastic. Um, and your, your jokes, I mean, they seem to come quite naturally. Have you Did you pre-plan all the jokes before you... Um, Put them out on the on the episode well i'm glad you said jokes because i actually don't find them that funny I, you, my reactions were absolutely like for real right his his elon musk joke every time it comes up i'm just like just just get out like i'm just can i like leave you here and drive away but for some reason everyone found that funny so obviously i don't have the sense of humor for it and I think that that's the real key is actually in this video um what we do is we try refrain each other from knowing all the content because we actually want to get that natural expression across the camera and if you're too prepared for it or if you've already pre-planned a joke the effect is just not the same all right <laughs> fantastic hey now look i know as a um you know podcast creator you can't live on nothing um you know there are costs involved in in setting these up so are you going to sort of apply advertising to these episodes or are you going to rely on the uh, you know, people giving you free supercharging by using your um, referral code. How do you plan to, um, you know, earn back the the time and the costs you're spending on these episodes? So obviously we're a very new channel at this point. Um, so obviously in, in the beginning, we're obviously relying on a lot of the community and, and our existing community to promote or help promote our channel um, and get the word out that we want to be able to say that people aren't liking us or subscribing us because we've been asking and it's fake boosting the, the, the likes and subscribe. Right? We want it to be genuine because it is, a, it is something we are truly passionate about and want the other Kiwis out there to be interested in this and get involved, right? So we are um, hoping the community out there is going to love us and like us enough to help promote our channel enough to get to a point where we can get monetized through uh, YouTube as well. Um, and in terms of advertising, obviously at a later stage down the lane, we will be looking at organizations or even individuals to help uh, as in help us in terms of not necessarily monetary value, but in more to, in terms of giving us or helping us create more content. Obviously, we're not going to be able to go out there and buy every single EV out there, but we do want to produce content that is relevant across various EVs. So maybe it's a tie up with organizations where they let us borrow a car for a day or two or a week to take it down on a road trip and do a video about that specific EV and the advantages and disadvantages of it, right? So obviously that's our long-term goal but with the short-term initiative, we are relying on the community to help promote this and tell your friends and family about us and make sure they go and like and subscribe and things like that, right? Because even every little bit, even a person watching our episode three times in a week is helping us, right? Hopefully it's helping them get something out of it as well. But on the flip side, it's also helping us because it's increasing the promotion of our channel. Excellent. And I mean, for example, I know you had the, there's an ad at the beginning of the episode I can click off it in five seconds. Does it make a difference as to how much money you get if I skip the ads or do you get any money if I skip the ads or do I have to watch the whole ad for you to get, you know, the couple of cents that YouTube would provide you? 
Yes, so, so the way it works is to actually get monetized on YouTube, it does take a long time. So just to give you a little bit overview on the mechanics, we need at least um, 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 watch hours, which is probably the harder thing to achieve to in order for us to actually start earning off YouTube. So initial phase is a lot of hard work in making sure that we get that subscriber count up, we get the watch hours up to be even be able to earn a single cent from this. But yes, um, once we do get to that stage, um, even if you do click skip ad, you do get a bit of um, monetary reward out of it. But if you do end up watching the whole ad, that will obviously reward us with um, a lot more. Got you, I see. And look, if people want to ask you questions about EV ownership, um, whether or not they own one at the moment, or they've got a question about um, you know, the type of vehicles that you're driving, what would be the best way for the, them to get in touch with you so that you can sort of respond to them in a future episode? Yeah, sure. We would love to actually help people out there. That's our, the most important part of our mission. So we've got our social tags everywhere. Um, so you can just search, search us up and look for it if you don't remember our email address. Uh, but what you can do is you can email, send us a quick email on evkiwis at gmail.com or you can actually reach out to us directly by um, directly messaging us on um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Or even just leave a comment under one of our videos. We do actually go and uh, read all of them um, and we try and we're trying to get to a point where we will be able to comment as well and reply uh, to every one of those. But obviously it's not possible every time. But we do read through every single comment that is on our videos as well. If not, honestly, Instagram and Facebook is a, a, a huge uh, market at, at this point. So just message us on Instagram or Facebook or email us. And it's Kiwis everywhere. That's great. Well, what I'll be sure to do is put links to all of those um, methods of contact in the episode notes for this podcast. So, um, look, thank you both very much for your time. Um, it's lovely to see a New Zealand-led EV uh, YouTube channel um, out now. And uh, I do know there have been a lot of people quite favourable on social media saying it's about time we had something that was produced locally. Thank you. We really appreciate you having us on this podcast and an opportunity to like spread the word about our channel and what we are on a mission to achieve. And um, yeah, hopefully we can get your support and your backing. And um, yeah, don't forget, stay charged. Stay charged. Thanks so much for having us. And do go and check us out. And yeah, have fun, guys. Stay charged. It was awesome to catch up with you from within your lockdown bubble. Like yours, my Tesla has been static for the last fortnight, stuck in the garage, and in fact I resorted to heading out on Sunday to watch a movie, just to keep the car company and to get some charge out of the battery, so that I could use the fine weather in this coming week to trickle charge the battery from the solar system on our garage. Drew from Mona, I wish you luck in the undertaking you have made in establishing an EV YouTube channel for New Zealand and look forward to subscribing so that I can be notified when a new episode comes out. A reminder to our listeners that all the details of the EV Kiwis channel are included in the episode notes. Finally, our best wishes to you in your lockdown. Kia kaha, and remember the free phone support available 1737 if you're needing that extra bit of support in these strange times. Stay safe.